I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Bloom bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. Uh, today, uh, this is really special. We've been trying to get this guy on the show for uh, quite a while now. Um, again, uh, he's a lawyer. He he is dressed way nicer than Pony Express uh, has ever been dressed, I think. Uh, but in all seriousness, this guy uh, has come into F3 and just uh, had a tremendous impact. He's launched a new site, uh, identified a, an excellent uh, successor. Um, he's also, and I think it was initially self-proclaimed, but I'm pretty sure we can all agree he has the best uh, form when it comes to goofballs. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got our man Toadstool on the cast today. And Toadstool, uh, where we like to start off is just kind of tell us about that first workout, who EH'd you, uh, if you remember who was on the queue or maybe some of the goofy stuff that happened at that first workout. And then uh, how did we land on the name Toadstool? Yeah, sure. Great. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. I know it's been uh, a little while that we've tried to schedule this and listening to the Gloom podcast. I've um, been impressed with what you've done and really disappointed with what Pony Express has done on the show. And um, as you mentioned, I am a much more sophisticated presence than he is as an attorney here with my tie on. He does not have a tie on for all of you listening. Um, so in terms of my journey to to, to joining F3, uh, you know, I'm a little over three years into it at this point. It was April of 2019. And I live really close. Uh, I live in the district. I live right by Westside High School where uh, Coliseum and Battlefield are located. And um, um, a few of the guys had reached out. Um, but I live very close to Swinger and Honey Stinger. also live very close to Tenderfoot. Um, grassroots, uh, bloodshot, you name it, a few of those guys. Um, I think earlier in the fall, Brazilian would tell you that he had reached out to me via text and said, hey, come to an F3 workout. And I, I just ghosted him and completely ignored the text message that he sent. But something struck, I think, in that April of 2019 period. And so Swinger reached out to me and said, hey, there's this morning workout group. Will you join? Or at least just come for one, one, one morning. And I said, sure. Um, so he picked me up as I adopted that same practice of doing when I EH'd an FNG and um, that was at Cornhusker Can Handicap, which was one of the only sites at the time. I think it was maybe what the, what was it, Plague, like the third or fourth site? Yeah, yep. The, it was uh, Oracle, Maze, and, and Cornhusker were kind of the, and the Murph, I guess. So one of the- Yeah, and then there was the, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, so, so that was, that was the only- the only Tuesday site. And um, uh, I pretty instantly fell in love with it. I think not only because the workout was strong and, and I, I wanted that sort of physical outlet, but um, just the fellowship of the first morning and just seeing kind of how the structure worked at the end with um, a COT, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I bought in pretty quickly just to that sort of having a couple minutes at the end where somebody opens up and, and is vulnerable and, and is willing to share with a bunch of guys. 
and I think it probably says something to like the place I was at in my life and needing it at the time because I was uh, I mean I, I had lots of friends I'm a really really popular guy really really fun to be around uh, no but um, but I kind of had gotten in a rut. I mean, you know, I, I'm an attorney, maybe maybe Pony sympathizes with this from time to time. I feel like for a long time there, all I hung out with were a lot of other attorneys that I knew either from law school or from jobs. We're all the same cynical people. You know, we all have the same cynical attitudes. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe if, if Lansbury is listening, he, he can attest to this because him and I have been good friends since law school. But um, I needed that sort of different experience of, of like, you know, male uh, uh, companionship and, and having it in the F3 setting really worked. So that's, that's how I came to be in April of 2019. Oh, and Toadstool, Toadstool. So I just participated, so I'm like really, really like scary good at the N64 version of Mario Kart, just so everybody knows. And if you want to challenge me, any F3 guy out there, I welcome you to do so and I will destroy you. I will still destroy you. And I've played since high school. But I participated in a grown men's uh, N64 Mario Kart tournament that previous weekend, just before the Tuesday Cornhusker Handicap Beatdown. And, um, and I won, naturally. Uh, and it's a great tournament. There's like, you know, 24 guys. There was seating, you know, and there were several TVs set up in this basement. There was a keg of beer. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I won. No big deal. Uh, and so they asked me what my name was during the, for the character, and I'm always Wario. And so naturally, that's how I got the name Toadstool. That was it. Now, now was this uh, a sponsored event, or was this something that you put on yourself? I, <laughs> I'm interested. First of all, I didn't put it on myself. I was invited <laughs> by a bunch of other nerds <laughs> who also love to play love to play Mario Kart and. Uh, it's so bad anymore. Like, I think that was the last one I played in because after that, the next year was, was COVID year. And so like, they just didn't get together, but you know, I mean, it had gotten so bad with these systems because they're all the N64 systems are like 20 years old, but like you almost have to do like the old Nintendo thing where you like blow on the cartridge just to make sure that it works when you plug it in. And like all the, all the TVs are now high def. So, so the, the TVs, like it's all pixelated when you look at it, like the graphics are just that bad. Uh, but no, I did not put it on myself, Pony Express. That was uh, was merely invited. Thank you very much. Well, it sounds like uh, you lost the invitation, or your skills are diminishing, and you're blaming <laughs> blaming the new technology on that. And that's okay. Well, tell us tell us a little bit about the first workout. What do you remember? Was it tough? Who was on the queue? I mean, what things did you pick up from that first workout? You know, it's funny. I don't. I'm not even sure I remember who was on the queue that day. Um, Gosh, who was it? I can't remember. What I do remember about the workout, it might have been, it honestly might have been Tater Tot or one of those guys. Uh, but what I remember from the workout is it was a, like what, what, what I came to realize was a pretty standard workout for Cornhusker Handicap at the time. You know how kind of sites go through sort of phases, like, you know, this sort of workout is done for a period of time at a certain site. And then for some reason, it just starts to morph into something else. At the time, I think it was like, four stations like we had like a station around the playground area we had a station around that hill where you have to like bear crawl up we had a station by the obelisk and then we had like a station like a pull-up station that would like you know uh, gazebo area and i think that was what we did or something i really don't remember that very much other than remembering that it was hard um and that Folsom talked a lot when i was there he seemed to have a lot to say 
He always has a lot to say. <laughs> That's awesome. I, we should do a separate cast. I, I want to learn more. Like, uh, is it just N64? Or is this ever, you know, like like the Nintendo Wii version of Mario Kart? You're just no. Good. So here's here's what I'd tell you about 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 the N64 version of Mario Kart. It, it might actually be one of the perfect games out there. Like, and and I almost put I put GoldenEye, like James Bond GoldenEye N64 up there as well. Like. Like it's the way in which it's designed, the structure, the way in which the paddles work, like the way, how you can speed up your cart. It's, it's all just very, it's, it's like, it's the perfect game. So I think later versions, aside from the Switch version, which I think is probably almost just as good. But I, I think other than that, I think, I think the N64 version is superior. And Wario is, is the best. You know, he's got a T-tops the speed out pretty high. And as long as you get a fast start, you know, after, you know, pressing the accelerator in between the second and the third light, then you'll, you know, you'll start fast. I love that. Um, I, so curious, where were you at fitness wise? So clearly you were, you were a gamer, but fitness wise was, was it? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, and that's really what appealed to me about F3. So like, I mean, I, I was, I like to bike. I like to, I, I'd run from time to time, probably not very well. And I was, I belong to the YMCA. So I would. I'd leave my work here downtown. I'd be in court or, or going to a jail. And then I'd head over to the YMCA and I'd do my quiet lifting or quiet running on the treadmill, right? And I'd have my, my earbuds in and, and not talk to anybody. And, and that, was, that was the experience. And that was kind of what I was doing, you know, three or four days a week and, and going on a bike ride here or there. But um, I think the, the closest experience that I had to F3 before F3 was just whenever I would be able to go out and like ride a bike with, with friends, right. Or, or, um, do a taco ride or, or like one of those rides from the Trek shop, the Midtown Trek store. Um, but like just the, the, the ability to work out and connect with people and also push yourself. Cause I think, you know, obviously I'm a little bit competitive. So, you know, just the ability to, to have that competition element in terms of pushing your own body to keep up with what other people are doing or try to do better for yourself than you were the previous day really appealed to me. And I think is what draws a lot of you guys in. I don't know. What do you guys think? Same? Yeah, I think so. I think um, just looking back at that time frame, like Swinger and Tenderfoot, some of those guys were newer, um, you know, 2019 of, of April. So it's cool that they... They were bought in and then they quickly got you bought in. Um, do you feel like, you know, on the, you mentioned kind of male companionship or, or fellowship. Um, do you feel like, is it the COT or what, what do you think it was that kind of made that easier or just uh, creates that conduit of, of relationship between men and F3? What have you noticed? That's a great question. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me personally, it was, that we're doing a hard thing together. I mean, I, you know, we, this is talked about a lot and it's talked a lot about in a, in a bunch of different contexts, but I think male relationships in particular need an activity, right? They need something that we're doing together. We're not just getting together to talk or, you know, like we're either playing Mario Kart or we're going on a bike ride or, or we're doing this hard physical exercise, right? And so having that, that you've gone through something hard together or, or even just seeing something parallel. So you're looking in the same direction, doing the same thing. Um, I was starving for it. I, I mean, I didn't realize I was starving for it, but I was, right? I mean, I was, for all intents and purposes, a happy guy from the outside. I was, you know, working full time. I had 
you know, three kids and, and they were growing and, and I was busy, but, but I, I didn't really have, I mean, even my good guy friends and, you know, Lansbury's one and some others, you know, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really sharing, right. I wasn't really like sort of feeling my way through these relationships anymore. Things had gotten kind of stale because that's kind of what happens when you get in the same routine and just, and, and now having gone through that through coffees through through cot's through just the workout itself like i mean you know some of these relationships are some of the closest i have and it's made my relationships with those people from before closer as well you know i mean it, it's i've become better at, at figuring that out i think well i mean it's interesting we actually just uh we just talked to who did we talked to last space bar last yeah. week um, and he yeah. was kind of in the same unique position of where he knew people prior to actually coming into F3 and had friends and like within your local community there, right? Within your we keep trying to push him to come. I remember, yeah, I remember at Sunset Pool trying to get him to come out. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, and, and you briefly like hit it on the head. I think I think you're going through these moments of like, okay, we're doing something hard together as men. And maybe that's what's taking us to the next level of not being such a surface level communication with your neighbor of, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll see you at the pool, you know, get to see you. I mean, do you feel like that was the case? Oh yeah, totally. Right. I mean, you know, just, uh, yeah. I mean, and that, maybe that's what, what really drew me in after that first COT. And I, I wish I remembered who did it now. I just, it was more just a feeling of someone opening up that I hadn't experienced in such a long time. And to witness someone doing that was powerful, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, I, th I think that we all need that. I think men need that, especially at this stage in our lives, because we are expected to sort of just soldier on with our jobs and our families and what we're doing and just to, to put on the, you know, the brave face, right? You know, the sad clown mantra. So I definitely think that, that I was in that category. And as guys like you, I mean, the two of you, for instance, I mean, you were, you were very central to that. I mean, you know, you know, Pony, you and me have, I know, played a bunch of rounds of golf together since getting to know each other. I've really loved getting to know you. Another competitive guy, I might add, you know, who likes to throw his golf clubs or get really angry when he's not hitting a good shot. Plague, you are, you know, you're just a man amongst men. I mean, you're, 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 you're so caring and, and looking out for, for other guys around you. And I've, and I've heard your stories, man. I've heard, I've heard what you had going on before. And just to hear that from other guys is, I mean, it allows you to do the same. It gives you a space, you know. For sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's the common struggle and then also just sharing about maybe struggles that are, are unique to each one of us uh, is perfect. Uh, tell me about um, Free to Lead. Have you read Free to Lead? Is that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Read, tell me about that. Just your experience. Did you see yourself in some of those stories or anything from that that you feel like you identified? Yeah. With? Oh, I think parts of it. I mean, it's funny. It's it, when I, when I first started reading Free to Lead, because Stinger just gave me his sort of rumpled old copy that he had laying around the neighborhood, because him and me and Swinger would all carpool together for that first, like, six months to a year of workouts. We'd all just carpool, and he just had it in his back seat, so I took it. You know, so I treated it initially like an instruction manual, right? Like, okay, this is how you, this is how you cadence. This is how you count. This is, you know, and it, and it does that, and it's really good. Um, and, and some of it I found, you know, very, very important as well. I mean, just particularly about the development of yourself and your family as a result, if you're treating F3 in the way you should, right? And it's, it's, easy, uh, it's easy not to, which I'll get to in a minute. After three years, you can see the ways in which you can use it appropriately and ways in which you can't. Um, but if you, if, you, if, you, if you treat it 
with the respect it deserves and follow, follow the plan in which it's designed, then I think it can have real benefits. On the, on the flip side, <laughs> um, it is very, you know, it's, I think it's easy, or at least you go, you know, you go through seasons of your life, and I think it's easy to either um, fall deeply into F3 and almost focus too much on it, focus too much on what's going on to the detriment of your, you know, in my case, wife and kids where you're not spending as much time or as much quality time because you're either tired at night or you're grumpy because you're, you've worked out too hard and the plague's put on a ridiculous beat down or whatnot. Um, or because you, you fall out of love with it for a while and then you're not doing much of anything. And then you, you know, you're just kind of back to this routine that, that, that you're not motivating yourself anymore. So you gotta, you, you've gotta be aware of that. I think. I don't know if that was the answer. To the <laughs> well, no, I think that's a great answer. Cause I think you're, I mean, if you look at plague and I, for example, we can be on both sides of the spectrum. I think if, when people think of plague, I mean, I think his wife, his name will attest to this, that he is on that all in side of the spectrum. And I just had my kid and I recently over the past two months or so have found myself in the other side of that spectrum. Totally. Okay. Most of my time I want to spend with my kid right now, getting up at five thirty, that's my time with him. So yep. Yep. Uh, not wanting to go or not being as in love with that three as I was, I mean, that's, that is a feeling. So, you know, you pointed out those realizations that you had, I guess, what was it that helped you kind of write the ship to find your balance or a balance? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think some of it's situational, right? Like having a new, new baby and, you know, guys are doing it, but congratulations, by the way. Uh, but I mean, that's hard, right? I, I don't know that you're necessarily expected to go to an F3 workout for a while when you have a new baby, right? Like, I mean, you want to spend that time with your newborn. You want to, you want to be present. And if that's the hour in which that happens, then that's kind of how that is. Right. And then you find yourself situationally in a space where you're able to do that more and more. I think it's important to sort of like be aware, like recognize, be present in those, in those realizations. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think even, and this I think is common, you've probably talked to some former site cues on, on this podcast about like, after you get done with your site cue, uh, and, and, and what does dread call it? They call it the, the dip, right? Is that what it's called? You know, I think, I think even I kind of mentally, even maybe now kind of go through a slide of it's like dip where it's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to post, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this because I, I want to, it makes me feel better throughout the day, but also I, I have an expectation, I think to a lot of the guys that I want to be there for them. Um, especially if they're queuing and, uh, but, but there are periods where it's harder, right? And I, and I don't, <laughs> I want to sleep in or I, I you know, I, I want to stay up late with my wife watching some Netflix show or whatever, right? And, and um, I think I've come a little bit more to peace with the fact that that's okay to have those seasons of your F3 life where sometimes you're more invested and sometimes you're less. But not in the sense that you're, you're, you're not still a part of your community. I mean, I still talk to you guys. I still talk to a lot of the F3 guys, especially around the neighborhood every day. I mean, these connections are there, whether I like them or not, you know, they're, you get, a lot of you guys are practically like family anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I love the way you said that. Cause I think um, it is, it's the flux, right? When you think about free to lead, it's, it's what they talk about as, as the flux. And I, like when my daughter was born last November, Thankfully for me, she was born right before the, the winter. Uh, so I got to, like, you know, um, but now like I'm back in this phase where I hate the cold and I'm really just posting so I can have coffee afterwards. And, yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. Just, just to connect, right. Just to find that connection. 
Yeah, so it's it's been good. I, I think the other thing that, um, I think maybe Tonight Show was the first one that mentioned this, but if, if you look at like the Concentrica, uh, you're, you're not on there, right? So, you know, it's, it really can't be about, about you and those relationships come first. And I think um, like we understand that, but it, there's also this like internal, uh, I don't know if it's an internal guilt trip or what it is that makes you feel like, oh man, I, I didn't post or, you know, I, I didn't, um, you know, but ultimately, like, we all want you to prioritize your family, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Right, right, right. And, and, that, and that, that is apparent. It's almost like, I think the guys that are most drawn to F3, right, they put it on themselves. I mean, it's not so much an expectation by the group expected, you know, that they're disappointed in you. It's more that I don't want to disappoint someone else, right? I don't, I don't want to be the one to, um, to not be there for these other guys. Yeah. Um, and the, the most fascinating thing for me, and I know you guys know this too, but like, just watching the way it's in which it's blown up in the past three years and to be a part of it at a time. Right? And, and I wasn't, you know, even like the first, I wasn't one of the first 30 guys. I think I'm like number like 150 or 70 or something, but like to see it now with 1400 guys is insane. Just to watch, you know, West Omaha or Sarpy County just blowing up to in a way that I don't think a lot of us in 2019 thought was going to happen maybe as quickly as it did or the way it did or, as big as it did and, and it's nuts it's nuts yeah, it's interesting too the way the pandemic in, in many ways accelerated the growth right i think people were really maybe more isolated and felt that like oh wow i have this gap right i, I have a need for uh, human interaction and um, we, we kind of help fill that gap for people yeah uh, i'm curious your thoughts on um on on the faith so the third f aspect so just thinking through you know your journey and maybe where you were at before F3 and, and ultimately, you know, have you found uh, support in F3 to kind of explore or expand or deepen your, your faith or what have you found there? So that's a, that's a great question. Probably requires a little, a little bit of like backstory about me. So I was raised Southern Baptist um, here in Omaha. And, you know, that was a particular brand of the, of the Christian faith. Right. Uh, and then when I was, 19 or 20 and in college I converted to Catholicism um, and so kind of in, just in terms of the spectrum of where you're at between between one and you know I definitely was was on the opposite end of that spectrum um, and then you know that was for a whole host of reasons and just theology attached to it and kind of the history and, and, and a lot of things but um, I was also raised uh, or at least my dad was raised by an Irish Catholic family so it was almost you know there's a familial aspect maybe to it as well. But um, I, think the, I think the third F component of F3 is both um, the most fascinating and also the most tricky for guys, right? Uh, it's tricky because it's, almost, it's very easy to lose sight of that component when you're focusing so much on the fitness and the fellowship when you're there. Um, and it's also tricky because there are guys that come from this spectrum, right? Not only, and not only that are Christian, you know, you've got doghouse who's, who's of the Jewish faith and you've got other folks that perhaps don't believe in, in, in a, in a Christian God necessarily. And, and there's space for those guys, for those men in F3, right? And learning to appreciate where people are coming from, from their faith is, um, has always been something for me that I, I really uh, enjoy working out because uh, working out in my brain, I mean, um, because um, there are certain things I, I tend to disagree with, and I'm sure there are certain things that they tend to disagree with about mine. Um, 
so so that's one component of it but then, then there's the personal component of it like how does it like to your question like how does it affect my faith how does it how does it deepen it um I, you know i don't know if it deepens it in the institutional sense well this makes me want to go to mass more right like that's not something that necessarily happens right i'm i still go a lot but um usually because my daughter's an altar server but uh but what it does do is look at the ways in which I view my own faith. Um, there's a lot of guys who, who quote scripture when, when they come to, to their COT. I really appreciate that because I, being raised Southern Baptist, I, you know, we're inundated, right? But then as a Catholic, you don't really, not a lot of, you don't read a lot of scripture personally. You know, there's not a lot of like Bible study that way. And I find that really helpful. It's also just a really good, I think reminder of the orientation that I should have in my life. Um, so it's tricky because it's easy to kind of not focus on that. It's tricky because um, of the ways in which guys fall on the spectrum of their faith. Um, and it's something I continue to work through. I don't know. Does that answer the question maybe? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I, I think, you know, this is what, what, at least what I'm learning, right. Is, is we just, we underestimate the, the value or the wealth of knowledge in other people's experiences. Right. I mean, you know, like, like we're all trying to figure this thing out and, you know, I love F3 simplifies it as the what, what, right. What, what happens when I die and what does that mean about how I live today? Absolutely. Um, and I just, you, you watch other guys. I think the other thing I'm, I've learned is, um, kind of the old, you know, I, I was in campus crusade in college. And so there yeah. was this, this mindset of like, you just tell somebody these three sentences and all of a sudden their life has changed. And I think what I've learned is you just, you have to build relationships with people and allow them to go through their own journey. You know, you, you can't be so forceful with, with religion on people and try to make them uh, convert, right? You just have to love people and, and, you know, answer questions. And, you know, I think I'm curious as you, as you became a site cue and I want, I want to hear, um, you know, a little bit more uh, about how that happened and the name and all that stuff. But was there opportunity as a site queue to kind of steward some conversations around, you know, second and third up stuff? Or or what was your experience there just leading other other men as they showed up to your site? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I would say the experience was very much that just because, you know, as a site queue, you have all of this, I mean, you, you have tremendous power. No, I mean, but you have the power to pick your, to pick your cues each week, right? You know, and, and you know, the, you know, some of the people are, are going to provide really, you know, hardcore beatdowns, you know, you know, people that are going to provide like a really fun, funny atmosphere. And then, you know, the people that are known for their COTs, or at least some of them. And then you've got a whole host of guys that come out of their shell and you are surprised by the fact that they're able to, to do this. And I think that one of the things I enjoyed the most about being in, in sort of a site Q leadership position was just the ability to watch people do that and explore uh, and, and, the, and the, the typical group that was at the coop at Swanson on Thursdays was, you know, I mean, it was a bit goofy. It was a bit nutty, but it was always um, a pretty eclectic COT experience. Right. I and mean, we had guys like Swinger who liked to meditate, you know, and, 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 and talk about um, uh, him being a sort of the guy who's always saying yes to experiences, but you know, and then you had uh, guys like uh, Lansbury, who's now the site queue at the Coop, um, who I've known for a long time, and, and to watch him kind of come out of his shell to personalize things, I know it's difficult for a lot of guys to watch him to do it. It was incredible. Um, 
and then and then just to see how how people's faith and their and their fellowship interact in that way i thought was great um but yeah i mean i i got to the coop because it was what was it guys like winter of of 2020 going into 2021 and things just as they are now started blowing up a bit more we had a lot of guys posting at a lot of different sites i think battlefield on thursdays had what 20 or 30 guys coming pretty regularly um and i think i had reached out at some point to tater tot to just say hey you know i think swanson would be a great site you know that would be a really cool area you kind of see things the way that like young skaters skateboarders see like you know office parks and things where there's like everything looks oh, like that's the next rate. spot that's a spot yeah. that's the spot right there's yeah. the spot i was like swanson that's the spot it's got short hills it's got you know plenty it's got a great trail it's got this flat field that we can play you know whatever on i'm you know and so um i thought that school was just like primed to be done and the only the only downside of course is that it's so close to to battlefield and so i was a little nervous about that but then um i think tater finally responded or or plague maybe it was you that you guys were like yeah let's you know let's let's do it and so we started the coup and um i like it i like that it's a crew of usually i mean it varies sometimes you'll get 20 guys there but a lot of times it's you know what 10 to 15 sometimes it's a little more sometimes a little less um i think those guys that regularly show up there are closer because of it so well, most sites should strive. I'm kind of for. interested. How, how, did, how did the name actually get started? I don't think I've actually heard that story. Well, okay. So we were talking, there was a few of us texting about it. I think actually Huffy might have been the one who finally proposed it because we're thinking Swanson, Swanson chickens, right? You know, Swanson poultry came to the coop. I think for a while there, I was, I was pondering some other, what was the other one I was coming up with? Oh, yeah, like, oh, Samsonite. I was going to call it Samsonite, like from Dumb and Dumber, you know? Swanson, Swanson, Samson, yeah, Samsonite. Mary Samsonite, <laughs> Mary Samsonite. So I think I want to call it Samsonite, and and that and and that was a hill I was prepared to die on, and uh, and I was texting because uh, a lot of the guys we have this we have a group chat in the neighborhood uh, around uh, around Loveland and Rockbrook neighborhoods, and you know I think I think several guys I think like maybe Folsom and and Huffy and and maybe um, Safe Ride were like no no that's we're not going to do Samsonite we're not going to do Samsonite. And I think Huffy's like, what about the coop? You know, uh, and I think he even had like a rough sketch for the for the rooster. And I was like, yeah, the coop, I like that. Right? You know, we're waking up early. We're going to do this thing, Swanson. They well, and I will say, by choosing that name, you got to have one of the most unique shovel flags of oh, the yeah. group. I mean, actually having a bird cage on the flag. Kudos to Folsom for that one. Well, Folsom, if you're listening to me, I quickly took off that chicken wire off the flag because. Every time I threw it in the back of my car, it was scratching up my upholstery. You know this. You know this. It's ridiculous. I appreciate all the work you put into it. Uh, I love your, it. Damn you and your your chicken wired shovel flag. It, you know, it's also one of the only. So when we do Namorama, it's one of the only AOs that has a, a call sign, right? After you should say, I, yeah, you can. Should I do it? Should I do it? Sure. Let's hear it. Yeah. Nice. It's not catching on. It's still not catching on with people. I think it might. There's still time. Uh, talk us through Lansbury and just kind of the uh, selection process. Um, yeah, Lansbury is one of the funniest guys I know. He, I've known him since law school. We started first year together. We instantly became friends. He was always emceeing stuff in law school. He was kind of like, he was the funny guy, right? And, and, and if, you've, if you've spent any time with him, Joe Bradley is his name. Um, 
he's just, he's very clever. You've got to kind of keep up with some of the jokes that he's saying. He's very well read. I think he reads like a book a week. I mean, he does. He just, he's just written a book, by the way, everybody out there. It's called Luff Balans. Um, it's about a worldwide pandemic that wipes out most of the population, except there's these children who carry a certain natural immunity that are then being rounded up so that they can like, I don't know, harvest them or something or harvest their blood or who knows in order to like, you know, save the planet. It's all about the rebellion of these kids, I think. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. Anyway. Wait, what's uh, it called? Say the name of the book again. Luft Balance, L-U-F-T-B-A-L-L-O-N-S, I believe. Luft Balance, okay. He wrote it during the pandemic with his cousin. They do like a chapter at a time. Like he'd write one, then she'd write one. And then they merged it together. Nice. Check it out. But anyway, um, I had wanted him to get an F3 pretty much from the get-go because of, of my law school or lawyer friends, he was the one, you know, that I, him and I were always activity guys together, right? We'd, we'd, we do like board game nights with some other friends and stuff together. We, our families had regularly gone on vacations together. You know, we would, we would, we would do activities together. Um, and so this is an activity based relationship. Right. And I thought he'd really enjoy it. And his instant response and his response for a good, you know, two years was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to join your cult workout group uh, or a Christian running group or whatever he would call it. That was pretty much the two, two phrases. Um, Christian running group or cult workout group. Uh, and then like, I knew what would happen is, you know, he, he, because once he invests in something, he invests a lot of himself into it. And once he started going, I knew that it was only a matter of time and it was, and he's, I, it's been just awesome to watch him just kicking ass. How did you actually get him there? What, what was it that made him commit? You know, he showed up, it was the week after the launch of the coop, I think it was the week after. Um, and I just told him that, hey, I think this one's closer to you. It's, you know, cause he lives over by West Roads. And I'm like, it's pretty close. Uh, I'm running it, you know, um, you know, come once. I think that's how it worked. I can't remember exactly now that, I, that I'm trying to pinpoint, but he showed up and then he just kept showing up. So it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, he's been, he's been fun. I ran into him at the pool the other day and, uh, oh, did you? Yeah. At, J at JCC. Yeah. Just yeah. A, a great guy. Um, <laughs> that's good. Uh, tell me a little bit too, I guess I want to hear, um, you know, so we've got a lot of exercises and, uh, it, it takes a lot of practice to kind of become known as, as an expert at a certain exercise. Um, so tell me about the goofball. Uh, what, what is it about that exercise? And then how do you, how does one uh, tr try to reach your standard of form? I know we won't ever. Yeah, achieve. I think we need to talk about two things on this podcast that are really important. One is goofballs. Um, and the other is how most F3 guys don't do Bonnie Blairs correctly. So we need to talk about both things right now. Because I'm sick and tired of watching guys do these wimpy little Bonnie Blairs that aren't what a Bonnie Blair is. And then they're like, yeah, do a hundred of them. And you're like, well, yeah, if I'm doing them your way, but if you're doing them the correct way, you're going to burn out after about 2025. Anyway, let's start with goofballs. Uh, I, this is, I, I totally just plagiarized what, uh, what Othello was doing at, at the future. Every time at the future uh, at Memorial park, Othello did goofballs and he was so joyful. He was so joyful with it. You've got to have joy in your goofballs. That's the, that's, that's the long and short of it. If you don't have any joy in your goofballs, you can't call them goofballs. You've got to you shake your head. 
you gotta shake your body. You gotta get those knees high in the air. It should be as taxing as a Smurf Jack, Red Bull style, if you're doing it correctly. Okay, I like that. That's a good comparison. Now, I, I am interested to hear what, tell me more about the Bonnie Blairs. Well, yeah, so if you're gonna, if you're gonna Bonnie Blair it, I mean, this isn't just like kind of, you know, I mean, you're, you're essentially, what would you say? You're, you're just kind of jumping with one foot in front of the other back and forth. But as you do it, you've got you've to essentially squat almost all the way down so that your knee touches the ground. That's a proper Bonnie Blair. And then the cadence is, you know, one, two, three, one, right? So you, you, you're getting really deep sort of squats with each leg on each Bonnie Blair in cadence, as opposed to people just simply like jumping back and forth in place like this while bending their knees slightly, which is what I've started to say. I didn't mean this to be a grievance podcast. Hey, no. <laughs> I had a grievance about, about people's body wear performance. That's good. You know, I'm, I, uh, maybe we'll have a uh, form week one of these days and you I can, we should. I mean, I get it. You have to modify as needed, but you know, just don't call it a body wear. <laughs> right. I love that. Hey, uh, we've been trying to get advice from guys um, on kind of EH strategy or just, you know, when a new guy shows up or, you know, what, what have you seen that's been effective for uh, kind of getting guys to the workout or keeping them there or just being good, good stewards of our kind of culture as, as we introduce um, F3 to new guys? What, what's that's great, Yeah, that's a great question because I, I for, a, for a while there was a pretty good eh and then, you know, I've just sort of gone through my Rolodex at this point or just gotten lazy and have not. EH'd quite as many, but um, I mean, I think the strategy truly is just if you're with a guy in whatever environment you're in, whether it be like, you know, he's picking up his kids that had a play date with your kids, or it's someone you see at a school function, or, you know, a guy you work with. And in Gator's case, him and I were having a, a jury trial together, and we we're kind of on break, and I just was like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Like, I think we had closing arguments that afternoon. And I was like, what are you doing tomorrow morning? And uh, he said, nothing. I was like, great, let's you know, go to top rope. So we did. Um, I think it's just asking, right? Like, I think you just have to ask and then follow up with like a text. Um, and then just say, hey, I'll, and, and be willing to pick them up if they're close enough to you. You know, uh, with Gator, he's out in Elkhorn. I'm kind of midtown, so it didn't work. But um, with a lot of guys, you just got to pick them up because I think it's that feeling of like being led through something for the first, you know, I mean, you're just having someone that's kind of there with you and just not really having much of an expectation that they have to commit to it after that. If they, if they take to it and they like it, great. If they don't, it's not their thing. Then that, you know, that's, I think that's fine. I think the hard sell is where it gets tricky. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to give a hard sell. What are your I thoughts? Really what do you think? can appreciate this. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think persistence is key. But I mean, I, I, I think one thing I've recently learned with like Red Ranger, for example, I was trying to EHM for six months. Hey man, come on out. It's always here. He's like, Oh, I do my own thing. Then I realized you just got to bring like someone cooler than you, like Alf to help EH you. Like, so we went to lunch with Da Vinci and Da Vinci's like, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, nothing. He's like, all right, I'll take you up. And then he, so Da Vinci actually got the, like he's part of his tree now. Yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, that's, that's fine. So I guess if you can't do it yourself, don't be ashamed to like have someone like help you bring someone along. Maybe someone like a little bit cooler and more distinguished than yeah, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, um, you know, the, there's a stuff worth trying podcast that, uh, uh, Tommy boy and Italian job put on from. Oh, okay. Okay. 
and they actually talked about this this triangle of kind of the like a battle buddy so like pairing up a, an fng with a guy he doesn't know for his worst first workout and then you kind of have like i think they called it a, a papa bear um it's like the guy who eh'd him or something so you kind of create this you know give him a new connection um and partner for that first beat down but then obviously they still maintain the relationship with the guy who eh'd him but um I, yeah i don't know there's you know i think we've i've seen it done both ways and on this cast we've had some guys love it when the new guy stays with the guy who brought him and other guys really uh strongly dislike that model but right right right, right. I, yeah that's interesting and, and 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 i have persisted with some guys like i know like on on slack people talked about like getting snips back out snips came one time right but i mean that guy I mean, he was a division one athlete before, you know, he's, he hurt his back when he came to an F3 workout and I get it. I get why he wouldn't want to come back. I, I think Snips secretly listens to this podcast. So Snips, if you're out there, uh, you need to come back out. Uh, he, he's, so we had a small group and he was literally the only guy that was not uh, coming out to F3. So yeah, Snips, if you're out there, come on back. That's funny. That's really funny. But no, I, I mean, I, yeah. I just, I love being a part of it with you guys. I love, um, I love watching how it changes in ways that you just don't anticipate. I love meeting new guys and how those guys become leaders and how we sort of just by design begin to take a back seat here and there, but then find, find opportunities for leadership in different ways. Um, love the coffees, love the collateral ways in which this has fundamentally altered the trajectory of my life. Right? Like I, I know people now, you guys, others that I am, very very close to um and you know shared a lot with and they've shared a lot with me and and um and you know i'm gonna be friends with a lot of those people for for probably the rest of my life so well we're certainly honored to get to know you and to have uh now become part of your life and hopefully part of your extended family as much as you may or may not like that um yeah brother you that's too it, i mean that are there things that, you know, we could be praying for you for if we see you out there, words of encouragement that you need personally or just things that you're kind of working through? Oh, gosh, you know, it's n nothing that maybe the rest of us aren't going through in our own unique ways, but are common to all of us, I think. Uh, you know, there's always work stressors. There's always going to be family stressors. Um, you know, I'm in a bit of a, a you know pressure cooker kind of job. I'm in court a lot. Uh, before this podcast, I was just down at the Pottawatomie County Jail seeing a guest down there for an hour who got himself in a little bit of trouble. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think we could all use the prayers to handle our work effectively. And, and uh, then when you go home to let it go so that you can be around your, your loved ones. That's awesome. I, <clears throat> I did have uh, just one more um, memory and I, I appreciate that. I will be praying for you on that. I, I do think, um, You've shared a lot of wisdom with me over the years, but one of my favorite uh, kind of definitions that happened, I, I think at Cornhusker we were running and I, I ran into a sign um, and knowing you were an attorney, I asked if I could sue the park. Uh, <laughs> and you, you kind of mentioned this term. Uh, I wonder if you remember, it's, it's an attractive. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a classic term in tort law. Tort law is if, you know, about, about being, about, it's injury law and, and uh, it was an attractive nuisance. That sign uh you know was uh i mean you were you were looking at it you were you were headed straight for it an attractive nuisance if it exists now that's not really an attractive nuisance of the law but like you know something that like kids would play on it's clearly a dangerous item you know, someone might 
find themselves in a bit of trouble and have some liability for the unsafe conditions on their premises because of the attractive nuisance that is located on said premises. Yeah. And I, the reason that's important to me, and this is why we say our disclaimer, right? Because most of the things we use during workouts are probably in that category, right? If you get, if you get hurt doing, uh, you know, box jumps up on the ledge at Cornhusker, uh, I don't know. You don't probably have any ground there. But I just okay, want to. Here's the quick question. I know we're running out of time. What is your favorite? It can be any site in Omaha or Sarby County or wherever. What's your favorite attractive nuisance? Every Omaha guys, feel free to respond on Slack as well after this. What is your favorite attractive nuisance in Omaha? What do you think yours is? I, if I had to, so I, I, I would have to really think about it to be sure, but just what's coming to mind um, is the, the monument at uh, Futurama. Uh, okay. I think there's a lot that can be done there. The monument and, and like uh, chicken peckers and everything else that we do. Yeah, yeah, I think that the monument at Futurama would have to win for me. I'd have to go with that one too. I mean, there's something kind of sacred and forbidden about that monument yeah. anyway. So it just kind of adds to the mystique and, and the desire to kind of just like be there and, and, you know, respect it, but respectfully do my chicken peckers on it. Mine is definitely the short hill at the coop in between one wing of the school and the other wing of the school, where it's just a punishing little hill that you can use for like 60 million different kinds of workouts. I just love it. And then you get to the top and it's all windows and you can just look inside like a creep. What a great attractive nuisance. <laughs> I love that. Well, Toadstool, this has been great, man. And, and we definitely appreciate your leadership. Uh, it's been cool to watch you accelerate. And, you know, if guys are listening, um, you know, hopefully uh, they feel comfortable reaching out. But I think uh, whether you need legal help or just a friend, uh, you know, I think uh, Toadstool is your guy. So uh, let's take us out in Namorama. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, Brandon Fleahardy, 36, The Plague. Plague. John Whitworth, 30, Pony Express. Pony! Express. <laughs> Sean Conway, 41, or 42. Oh. Toadstool. Toadstool. Ah. <laughs> Toadstool. Do it right. Oh, yeah.